Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I'm taking a risk by discussing this topic. I have to be careful how I word things. I've never attempted to produce a podcast like this before. That is because I'm going to be telling you about some entities that should remain un named. Now, I want to start off by giving you a warning. I think you realize that I am an adult and I do these podcasts for adults. These are not for kids, not for the easily offended, not for the reckless. So, nobody's forcing you to listen to this. You do not have to continue. So here we go. I'm going to do my best to try to tackle this subject without creating more havoc in my life or your life than is uh, (laughs) necessary. So, all right, first off, let's start with something very basic. Let's say I am standing by myself in a large room in front of some kind of an audio meter and I say, thank you and I see the reading I get on the audio meter and then I say fuck you and I see the reading I get on the audio meter it's probably not going to be that different it's not like when I say fuck you the earth is going to tremble even though here in the American Southwest right now it's, it's certainly possible no matter what you say It's been trembling quite a bit around here lately, but you see, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. It doesn't seem to when you're just standing there and you're speaking these words on your own. But, but, you walk into a restaurant or a bar or a grocery store and you start tossing those words around, guess what? Something's going to happen. Could be good or could be bad. I mean, you know, you can walk into a restaurant or a bar, you can start a fight by opening your mouth and speaking words. Or you can bring a smile to someone's face by opening your mouth and speaking words. You can rally a population to war or peace by opening your mouth and speaking words. Words are indeed powerful. You know, I wrote this ebook called Finding Your Magic How to Hack Reality Through Lucid Living. It's available at the Curiosity Shop of uh, joshuapwarren.com. And in Finding Your Magic, I defined magic for the purposes of the book as quote, Magic is mentally projecting your intention to shape physical reality to your desires, end quote. I'm going to repeat that. Magic is mentally projecting your intention to shape physical reality to your desires. You see, words are magical. A word, yes, it creates a vibration, but it's not some physical object that's sitting there. It is energy moving through space and time that can make things happen. Now, what's funny is that, okay, 
with it, when it comes to thank you or fuck you or whatever, what we're talking about here is the idea of going into a situation where you have to have a receiver who is receptive to that vibration in order for it to manifest into some kind of action or behavior. So that is to say, if I walk into a restaurant and I say those same things in Chinese and nobody in the restaurant speaks Chinese, nothing's going to happen. The person has to sort of understand it. It has to be, it has to tap into the programming of that individual in that particular case. But is it indeed possible that there are simply some words that when you speak them carry an intrinsic vibration that actually does make something happen regardless of whether or not anybody understands it also in my book finding your magic i talk about the spellcaster phenomenon and how that you know speaking sometimes gibberish abracadabra bibbidi bobbidi boo that sort of thing alakazam can be beneficial because it can express something that comes directly from the mind, the consciousness, the heart, the soul that's not restricted to language as we know it, or it could simply distract the intellectual part of the brain so that the creative part of the brain is able to get more work done. We don't know exactly how all that functions, but that's something I do explore in that book. However we use words, words are tools that can be used in different ways for different purposes. And frankly, you could even go back to the audio meter example and say, well, sure enough, even though that meter doesn't, is, doesn't get offended if I say, fuck you, still, when I say whatever I say to it, it does react, it does respond, it picks up a vibration and turns that vibration into an electrical signal and that makes a needle wave back and forth or whatever. So you could look at it from the raw, plain, physical point of view, but then beyond that, you start getting into, well, what impact does this have? What am I transmitting? What am I sending out there to the universe? And that's why, of course, when it comes to, say, the Ten Commandments in the Bible, one of them, which some consider to be the most important commandment of all, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. That's Exodus 27, chapter 20, verse 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Well, what does that mean? You know, why is that so significant? If indeed words don't have some kind of intrinsic power well of course they do have you ever really just sat down and looked into the name of God you know I'm going to be talking about a number of historical references in this podcast so once in a while I'll just refer to the almighty internet and what I can dig up here names of God there are various names of God many of which enumerate the various qualities of a supreme being. And this particular article talks about, for example, Hebrew El or Elohim, Aramaic Elah, 
Arabic Ilah. But anyway, in the Hebrew Bible, Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, the personal name of God is revealed directly to Moses as Yahweh. Y-A-H-W-E-H, Yahweh. Some people say Yahweh. I remember when I was uh, a kid, I bought this, um, it was a kit about how to project chi or ki. And I used to read this magazine when I was a kid called Ninja Magazine. And you know what? When I became an adult, I finally bought myself a pair of those ninja boots that have the split toe. Anyway, they said, if you want to project your chi, you should inhale and think, yah, and then exhale and go, wah, yah, wah, yah, wah, or yah, wah. But you're saying the name of God. That was the interpretation. So if, if, if it's such a big deal for God to say, well, you know, hey, don't, don't be tossing my name around out there for no reason because it's that sacred, it's that, it's that powerful. Well, it goes the other way. You have people who say, speak of the devil and he shall appear. Now, you know, do you believe that? Do you think that if you speak of the devil that in some way you're conjuring up something dark? Because if so, then you have to also think, if I say the name Yahweh or Yahweh or whatever the name of God is to you in your culture, maybe you're actually conjuring up God or some you know, positive side of the yin-yang here. Let's see what we have here on the, the almighty internet about speak of the devil. Speak of the devil is the short form of the English language idiom, speak of the devil and he doth appear. And uh, it, can, it says it can be used about a topic that quickly becomes relevant, such as the onset of rain or a car breaking down. Used in the same sense, it can be seen as an alternative to the phrase tempting fate. Uh, going all the way back to 1666, that's an interesting year for this conversation. Uh, there was a, a fellow who wrote something called Piazza Universale. His name was Giovanni Toriano. And he said, quote, As the English say, talk of the devil, and he's presently at your elbow, end quote. And, you know, I've touched on this topic before when it comes to demons. Because there are plenty of people out there who believe that if, you know, you, you know the name of a demon, then you can control that demon by simply having its, its name. And, you know, I did a whole podcast uh, some time ago about how that if you have a problem in your life, no matter what that problem is, if it's mental or physical or spiritual or whatever, even if it's just a concept, if you take that concept and you give it a name, you might be able to get a handle on it and then start commanding it. Uh, that's the first step is to, to sort of 
define and refine what this thing is that you're dealing with and a name can do that so names are truly magical things just as words are magical things this concept is i think so well established in the history of human experimentation with what we call magic in the occult that there are certain books that I just won't read. I'll give you an example of this. Um, i tell you a guy who's a good friend of mine who is an excellent writer is Nick Redfern. He's an Englishman. And Nick and I, we've been on television together and we have done live speaking engagements together and we've contributed to each other's books. And he's just a, he's a great guy. And yeah, I will not read one of the books that he recently published. And um and and also, I mean, this book was published by Lisa Hagen books. Lisa Hagen, I've known her for years. Lisa Hagen is my literary agent and she also uh is the publisher of the Gringo Maniac Murder Spree, the novel that I wrote. So I, you know, I really hate to come out here and say that, you know, Nick Redfern wrote a book, which I'm sure is magnificent, published by Lisa Hagen Books, that I won't read. And I'm not trying to deter you from reading it, but let me explain why. Nick wrote this book that came out last year. It's called The Black Diary. The subtitle is MIB, Women in Black, Black-Eyed Children, and dangerous books and there's a warning on the cover of the book I'm looking at it right now it says and it has a, literally like a red warning sticker it says just picking up this book invites them in just picking up this book invites them in now you might say well that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me that's just an interesting marketing gimmick well okay go for it me once you you set that kind of you know thought form in place with a guy like me i'm thinking i don't know you know i got enough weird shit going on in my life here's what it says on the back of the book nick redfern reveals the very latest information on the sinister men in black the chilling women in black and the creepy black-eyed children highlights include dozens of never-before-seen stories of encounters with these creatures, Nick's own sighting of an MIB, the ability of these multi-dimensional entities to invade our space in hostile fashion, and how and why writing, reading, and even thinking about them can be hazardous. So, you know, the fact that I'm even talking about this means that, I, I, look, I gave you a warning at least, means that by talking about this, and I swear to God, I am not being asked or uh, to promote this book or anything like that. I'm just telling you the truth. I don't know how, how much you know about me or how long you followed my work or how long you've listened to this podcast, but I want you to understand something. Nobody controls me nobody can fire me 
I am a completely independent person. I've been self-employed since I was 18 years old. And if I tell you something on this podcast, then it is the damn truth, as far as I can see the truth. Okay, I would never sway you in the wrong direction, because then, you know, you wouldn't trust me anymore. But I'm being honest with you when I say I would not read the. I, I won't even buy this book, The Black Diary. And I know that it's an interesting angle for trying to sell a book and that's what they're doing is they're you know they're trying to sell a book um i've tempted fade enough you know i i have seen enough in my life to realize that you know there is something real to this and whenever it comes to subjects along these lines it always reminds me of some of the stories that hp lovecraft wrote uh of course he wrote some classic you know, gothic horror. One of them called the unnameable. The unnameable. It was made into a movie, as a matter of fact. Interesting side note, I was watching a YouTube video the other day where Stephen King was in front of, I guess, an audience of college students. And someone asked him how he felt about H.P. Lovecraft. And he said that he... Uh, always enjoyed Lovecraft's work, but eventually he f- he thought that it became sort of static, as he put it. He said Love- Lovecraft couldn't write a scene; <laughs> that he had trouble just, you know, writing. I, I, I guess from a, from a writer's point of view, what he's talking about is is creating energy in a scene where it's like this happens, now this happens, now this happens. Let's move on. Instead, Lovecraft was more descriptive about, you know, one particular moment or setting or whatever. But I bring this up because, again, you know, it's called The Unnameable. The Unnameable. And it was published in July of 1925 in Weird Tales. Of course, uh, Lovecraft published a lot of stuff in Weird Tales. And uh, I'll just read the plot here for you because it's pretty short. So here's the plot. A, a Carter, a weird fiction writer. Hmm. Wonder who that who that could be. Don't you think that's interesting when writers write a story and the main character in the story is a writer? It's like, good Lord, man. Can't you be a little more creative than that? Stephen King does that all the time. I'm going to write a novel where the main character is a writer. Let's make the guy an auto mechanic or something. All right, anyway, Carter, a weird fiction writer, um, meets with his close friend Joel Manton in a cemetery near an old dilapidated house on Meadow Hill in the town of Arkham, Massachusetts. Now, Arkham, Massachusetts is a fictional town that uh, Lovecraft, I suppose, created. And uh, I think that Arkham Asylum is where the Joker was uh, was kept imprisoned in the Batman saga. So I've not, I have not looked into that connection, but it makes you wonder. So, okay. So, uh, Carter meets with uh, Joel Manton in Arkham, Massachusetts at a cemetery as the, uh, as the two sit upon a weathered tomb 
Carter tells Benton the tale of an indescribable entity that allegedly haunts the house and surrounding area. He contends that because such an entity cannot be perceived by the five senses, it becomes impossible to quantify and accurately describe, thus earning itself the term unnameable. As the narration closes, the unnameable presence attacks both Carter and Manton. Both men survive and awaken later at St. Mary's Hospital. They suffer from various lacerations, including scarring from a large horn-shaped object and bruises in the shape of hoof prints on their backs. Manton describes the unnameable in the closing passage of the story. So here's his description. Quote, it was everywhere, a gelatin, a slime, a vapor, yet it had shapes, a thousand shapes of horror beyond all memory. There were eyes and a blemish. It was the pit, the maelstrom, the ultimate abomination. Carter, it was the unnameable. Quote. Now, I want you to note there that he talks about kind of a shape-shifting thing there. It, it had shape, but it was a shape-shifty thing. A gelatin, a slime, a vapor, yet it had shapes, a thousand shapes of horror. Put that in the back of your mind for a minute. Because, all right. Here's really why I wanted to do this uh, this podcast. I've been thinking about this particular podcast for a long time. And I've been a little uncertain about how to to approach this. Hopefully, I've, I've kind of shown you where I'm coming from in terms of believing that words have power and that maybe names in particular have power. And that if you say the name of something, you're taking a bit of a risk. Now, who knows how far that goes? Maybe you can stand right there and, you know, curse whoever you want to. And uh, if, if it's a human, and, and maybe, you know, it may or may not make an impact. But what if there are beings around us that are going to hear it? Like, for example... Uh, let's take a politician that you don't like, okay? I'm not going to name anybody. I'm just saying let's take a politician you don't like. That's an easy one. So if you, right now, and let's say you were alone in your living room or your bedroom or the bathroom or whatever, and you say out loud, out loud, though, you say, ah, damn that politician, and you, and you, and you, you, know, you, you put the name in there. Well, you might think to yourself, what's the big deal? That's just me letting off some steam. But if that politician were there with you, then, you know, standing in the room, you may think about that differently. I'm not, I'm not saying you still wouldn't say the same thing, but you would realize if I say this in front of this person, something different is going to happen. Like there is going to be some kind of a consequence for this 
whether it's good or bad or however this all works out, something is going to happen because this person's right here. But you don't usually think that way when you say something bad about a politician because you think, well, that person's not going to hear me unless you are dumb enough to get on the internet and, you know, let off your steam and, and writing, which, which I don't advise, by the way. I really don't. Um, people who get on the internet and, and are always, you know, putting their, their heart and out there on their sleeve, it becomes annoying to me. That's just personal, you know, personally me. But nonetheless, in the privacy of your home, if you have something nasty to say about somebody and you know that person's not there, well, no consequence. But what if there are entities around us and when you say something about that entity, it hears it, okay? No matter where you are, you cannot do this privately because it's not a human this is a different kind of being. A being that's not necessarily there physically, but is there spiritually and informationally. You know, it's like there's a big internet around us that connects to your brain, and that is what we call the spiritual realm. And you, whatever you do goes out there into the spiritual realm and is maybe even backed up in this storehouse this database we call the Akashic Record. So you might be able to say something bad about a human and suffer no immediate consequence, but you say these names about, you know, just bring up the name of a certain, you don't have to say something good or bad, you just say a certain name and immediately, whoop, that thing pays attention and boom, it's right on your ass. So, I have a couple of friends who are just experts when it comes to magic and rituals and the occult, especially when it comes to Gaelic, Celtic mythology. And that is a very prominent in the area in particular where I'm from, the mountains of Western North Carolina. But I, I, these are people that I, I trust. I know that they they know far more than I do. I'm telling you, they know far more than I do about some of these entities that you can tap into. And there is one entity in particular that they say you should never speak of out loud. And so now here's the tricky part because I've wanted to bring this up for a while on this podcast, but I don't want to say the name. Now, by the end of the podcast, I am going to tell you how you can find out this information on your own if you are so inclined. But this, again, this is, this is tricky. Um, all right, so... I'm going to tell you some qualities that this being has. And I'm going to do my best not to say this during the podcast. This being is considered to be a bringer of both good and bad fortune. Can either help or hinder. 
which actually makes a lot of sense because you know what is good and bad in many cases especially when it comes to spiritual beings i mean what you're talking about is oh it's good for me when it's helping me and it's bad for me when it's not you know not everything in the world is is black and white in that regard i mean it so these are these are gray beings but the thing is you don't know exactly what you're going to get when you bring this thing in and all you have to do is say its name to bring it into your life and it very much embodies what some cultures call the trickster meaning it's a mischievous playful thing that knows that it is superior to humans in many ways and so if you're willing to play with it it will come into your life and maybe your life will get better and or maybe it will get worse you know it's it's a risk you just don't know for sure um i would not say it's demonic because demonic implies that it's something that is always going to be bad or parasitical or whatever uh okay i'll tell you more about the description we have of this thing it can have dark or white fur or hair the creatures are said to be shape changers remember what i said about that uh which could take the appearance of horses goats cats dogs hares they may also take a human form which includes various animal features such as ears or a tail okay the name itself actually means nature spirit in its native language and um let me just give you a little more information okay so according to legend this thing is a deft shapeshifter capable of assuming a variety of terrifying or pleasing forms it can take a human form but will often have animal features such as ears or a tail as an animal it will most commonly appear as a horse cat rabbit raven fox wolf goat goblin or dog the fur is usually dark uh, it often takes the form of a sleek black horse with a flowing mane and luminescent golden eyes. Um, it says this thing enjoys confusing and often terrifying humans, but it is considered to be benevolent. <laughs> That's interesting sometimes enjoys terrifying humans but is considered benevolent again mischievous trickster type so here's what i'm gonna i mean i i really hate to tease you like this but the thing is i'm not gonna say the name of this thing on this podcast i'm just not gonna do it and i've thought about it because i thought like ooh, wouldn't that be something if if i go oh uh, at the beginning of the podcast i'm gonna give the name out and you have to listen and you'll finally hear it well that'd be a great way to get people to listen to your podcast but i'm not I, i'm not kidding around here you know i i really think that you, you you say this name then you're going to invite this thing into your life and i don't know how it's going to turn out for you but here's i'm going to give you some keys 
to unlock this mystery if you and some of you I'm sure already know like oh I know exactly what he's talking about I will give you some some clues okay for one thing if you go to joshuapwarren.com there's no period after the p if you go to joshuapwarren.com you click the link to the curiosity shop I have hidden the name in the curiosity shop yes this is a fun little game it helps you get to the curiosity shop maybe you'll buy some stuff maybe you want doesn't matter but you know finding your magic is there um but still it's it's hidden there and it's hidden in a very special way so i'm just going to leave that at that but i will give you i will give you some clues the uh, clue number one is the name of this thing has four letters now it could be spelled a variety of different ways but my understanding is the proper way is to spell it with four letters one two three four and this is the most valuable hint the first letter is P as in Paul I'm Joshua people ask me why you know what's your middle name I say Joshua P Warren my name is Joshua Paul Warren also a guy just emailed me yesterday I get this a lot are you related to Ed and Lorraine Warren no I'm not I met Lorraine wonderful lady um, of course she just passed recently very sad but uh, no relation so the first letter is P and it's a four-letter word if you go to joshuapwarren.com go to the curiosity shop if you're curious enough then for the time being it's hidden there but you might not just see it at first glance you might have to do something interesting in order to make it appear that said that said I want to tell you if you go there okay and you get this or you know what it is already you know this name already and you decide ah I don't give a damn I'm just gonna say this name out loud I'm gonna send that ripple into the universe I'm gonna attract this thing into my life and see what happens okay I'm not gonna do it but if you want to do that just remember if you give a mouse a cookie he's gonna want some fucking milk right you give him some milk well he's gonna want a straw you give him a straw I think you understand so if you decide to do that you can contact me and you can tell me what you have done and what you have experienced and I would be interested to hear that but there are other instances of unnameable entities unnameable phenomena but I think I've given you a pretty good indication in this podcast of at least one of the more pronounced ones that I've heard about and if you decide to call this thing into your life it can go either way now that said before I leave you some closing notes one thing you know I I bought some ghost holograms now that's pretty darn kick-ass some ghost holograms and I shot a little video to show you what a ghost hologram looks like it's for the creepy Vegas ghost 
and UFO show. If you go to creepyvegas.com, C-R-E-E-P-Y, creepyvegas.com, and you scroll down, you'll see this new video I added. It's only 15 seconds long, and you can see this ghost hologram. I think it's pretty darn amazing. Um, and you know, this Saturday, July 13th of 2019, I will be at the Creepy Vegas show here in Las Vegas at 7 p.m. You can come there, meet me, hang out, have a good time. But the big event is the next night on Sunday, July 14th, 2019. That, that is when we are going to have the Cosmic Invocation, a UFO summoning event hosted by Darren Evans of Ghost Adventures and Factor Faked and all this out in the desert a short distance outside of Las Vegas if we still have tickets left only 12 people can join us I know the local news is going to be there and all that if we have tickets left uh, go to cosmicinvocation.com cosmicinvocation.com and you can buy your ticket there's also a link at creepyvegas.com creepyvegas.com and if you Go to creepyvegas.com, scroll down to the bottom, you can click that link, and if we have tickets, it'll say, you know, buy a ticket. If not, it'll say out of stock. But you could make this a really interesting weekend if you wanted to. Come hang out with me and all my buddies on Saturday, July 13th for the Creepy Vegas Ghost and UFO Show at Millennium Fandom, and then get together with us the next night, Sunday, July 14th, and we will go out into the desert and we will do everything in our power to summon an actual UFO. Now, if that is not a kick-ass adventure, I don't know what is. So, if you are up for either of those things or both of them, go to creepyvegas.com, creepyvegas.com for this Saturday show and to see the video of the uh, ghost hologram. And then go to CosmicInvocation.com to get your ticket for Sunday night if we still have any left. All right, my friends, that's going to do it for this particular edition of the podcast. Use the information that you have been given responsibly. I hope you will. But feel free to contact me if you want to let me know what your experiments have produced. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, there's no period after the P. You can scroll down there and find my email address. And, of course, the Curiosity Shop is where you'll find the hidden name of this thing if you use the right technique. But also at joshuapwarren.com, you'll find a link to this podcast. Always short, always free, commercial-free, independent, uncensored. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. And if you click the link there, you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.